Summer getting warmer, tidal wave come across the Mexican border. Wide back gallon is cheaper by the barrel, just don't get busted singing Christmas carols. That's us, that's right, gotta love this American ride. Hey, 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 all right now, folks, here we go, PJWBNY and the conservative takeover, folks, we believe this or not, oh, oh my goodness gracious, you will, well, you probably will believe it at this point in time, guess who's back out there today, saying things like this, quote, COVID Lockdowns can actually be utilized in a positive way. Oh, you bet. It's the great, it's the expertise, the phenomenal Dr. Anthony Fauci COVID lockdowns. You want to go back to lockdowns and wearing masks and staying six feet away from one another because, you know, a five feet and 11 inches if you're away. Oh, my goodness. Look out. Here comes COVID. It can get you. It's the smartest virus that we've probably ever seen. You go into a restaurant. Oh, you're standing up. Watch out. COVID can get a hold of you if you're standing up. But if you're sitting down, oh, you be my guest. Go ahead. You take that mask off. Dr. Fauci as well. I'm talking about going back to indoor masks. Oh, because that's what the American people want. We, you know, the Democratic Party, oh, and you better believe that I throw Anthony Fauci right into that Democratic Party category. He is a partisan hack. Always has been, always will be. Why a single American would trust a single thing that Dr. Anthony Fauci says anymore, totally and completely beyond me. Quote earlier today, going back to indoor masks would be the prudent thing to do. Oh my goodness gracious. I, uh, is Dr. Anthony Fauci, is he losing a little bit of do re me? Uh, is he losing a little bit of cash? Is he saying, oh, I better get back onto those shows. I better start scaring the living you-know-what out of Americans again. That's why it's things like this, folks, because, I mean, he can, <laughs> Dr. Fauci can just pop up out of nowhere. Right? Oh, if things are going bad, well, we better go get Dr. Anthony Fauci. Hey, go see if Tony's available. Go throw him on the shows. Go tell him that COVID's coming around again. There we go. And whether, listen, whether you believe in mail-in voting or not, I think, now, my stance has been consistent the whole time. You want, if you are indefinitely confined, if you are out of the country, then by all means, be my guest, please. Fill out an absentee ballot. Mail-in voting is no good. But, Philip, but Philip, there's no evidence of voter fraud. We on this program just went over a report on Friday about voter fraud happening. Why would we even think about this? If you're the Democratic Party, right, why would you even give Donald Trump a chance with mail-in voting to, to, to continuously talk? About, and listen, Donald Trump can say whatever it is that he wants. You know, this is a Democratic Party. You had Hillary, Rotten, Clinton, and the Democrats who said for four long years without a single shred of evidence that the 2016 election was hijacked. It was stolen by Vladimir Putin and Russia. Donald Trump can say whatever it is that he wants to like. Mail-in voting to me, and I will always have this same stance, it needs to go away. We need to have election reform. Give every single American off on election day. Make sure you go out and vote. This way, I don't think we can have any excuses. No one can have any grievances about who becomes the president. And I, you know, Donald Trump didn't concede. I think Hillary Clinton might have conceded. And then she was telling Joe Biden, oh, whatever you do, don't concede. You know, I think concession speeches might, might just be out the window this point in time when it comes to the presidential election. We need to fix that up, though. I mean, COVID presented such a beautiful opportunity for the Democrats to find. And it wasn't, be, even before COVID, the Democratic Party wanted nothing more than mail-in voting. You don't have to go down to the precinct. Oh, no. 
Just fill out this ballot, send it in. What's your name? Doesn't matter. You're a Democrat? Here, we'll mail you eight. Doesn't matter as long as the Democrats have power. COVID presented them with an opportunity to finally get mail-in voting, and they loved every single second of it. Anyway, though, so I, I at some point I'm hoping that we never have to hear or see Dr. Anthony Fauci again, but who knows. So I say that because today we have entered the 749th day of slowing the spread We went from 15 days to slow the spread. Then, oh, numbers aren't looking good. We're going to have to make it 30 days to slow the spread. (laughs) Ha ha. Now it's 749. The ever failing, the gaffe ridden. Oh, you bet Joe Unity Biden had another gaffe over the weekend. We'll get to that momentarily. The... Democratic Party, this Biden administration that could care less about the issues that Americans actually care about. There is a phenomenal piece out in National Review. William F. Buckley, you know, one of the most phenomenal conservatives. I put him on the Mount Rushmore of conservative of modern day American conservatism. It was a magazine that he founded. You have Rue Teixeira is his name. Center for American Progress type liberal. I mean, this guy is a lib through and through. Always has been, always will be. He even argues the point as a lifelong man of the left who very much wants the... Tough for me to even say this sentence. As a man of the left who very much, much wants the Democratic Party to succeed, I regret to report this. The Democrats and the Democratic brand are in deep, deep, deep trouble. It's a phenomenal piece. I want to get through. And it sort of, it, it, I think it's going to sort of guide the program today because he talks about three key issues that are fa- that the Democratic Party have to face right now. The cultural left, economics, uh, you think so? Americans now having to deal with a 40-year high record of Biden inflation. Average American paying $385 more a month. Oh, yeah, economics is a big thing. And then patriotism as well. Now, don't get me wrong. I was skeptical before I read the piece because I thought patriotism. Oh, wait a minute. The Democratic Party and patriotism? Democrats absolutely hate the United States of America. Come on now. I mean, and we are still dealing with this Biden administration who absolutely don't don't make any mistake. The Democrats cannot stand America. I swear there was a guy, right? I th- and I think he's coming up tomorrow. I think he's going to have himself a big day in the spotlight. Seems as if he's recovered from COVID, and God bless him for doing so. Barack Hussein Obama getting ready to tout the Affordable Care Act. Supposedly tomorrow he's going to uh, give remarks. But I su- I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I don't really keep up. I think it was that guy who said that he wanted to radically, fundamentally transform America. Tell you what, folks, that Democratic Party since Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, oh, oh boy. Anyways, though, so we got a lot to get through throughout the program. Now, I was making the point on Friday. Really, I make the point all the time that the Democratic Party right now is so off message. They have no idea what the American people actually want. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is very much a part of what Rue Teixeira describes as the cultural left. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, folks, is not happy with Joe Unity Biden, and she represents a big portion of this progress. You know, I, I refer to him as the new Democrats versus the old Democrats. Well, she's like the perfect embodiment of new Democrats who are borderline, well, are they borderline? Are they socialist? Does it really matter if we have to argue that in the free market capitalistic country that is America? Oh, it's so good. You know, I always say it's never a bad day to be an American. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Joe Unity Biden now, has not just a problem with Republicans, with average Americans. By the way, we'll get to some polling today that indicates again that the American people are not happy. Uh-uh. With good old Uncle Joe Unity Biden, not at all. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this was her last week, warning Joe about his support with young voters. This is really about the collapse in support among young people, among Uh the Democratic base. 
feeling like they are not, that they worked overtime to get this president elected and they aren't necessarily being seen. Uh-oh, uh-oh, folks, she is not happy. Young people are saying, oh, Joe, what are you doing? We worked so hard for you to get elected. And you still have, look at what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's new, well, I'd say new beef, but you know, she's been having this for a long time. So that was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and that was, on, that was on Spectrum News she was doing an interview. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez last Friday, last Friday was on Fox Business. Now, if you're a Democrat, you know that you can't go on Fox News. How dare you? Oh, Joe's got Oh, Joe is not happy with Fox News at all, folks. Listen to what this is what Joe's concerned about, right? Instead of the issues that are facing the American people, Joe Unity Biden is angry with Fox News saying <laughs> saying, "Quote, Fox News is one of the most destructive forces in the United States." Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch Instead of, I don't know, Vladimir Putin or President Xi Jinping or maybe the the mullahs, the Ayatollah in Iran. No, 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 no. It's Rupert Murdoch, who is the most dangerous man in the world. Folks, that that is taking a page out of Barack Hussein Obama's playbook. They're talking about Fox News. He was a he could remember how many times Barack Hussein Obama attacked Fox News. So here's what AOC said last Friday to Fox Business. They asked her what the consequences for the Democratic Party could be if President Biden does not deliver on promises, on issues such as student loans and climate. Because, again, folks, that's what the American people are so concerned about. Climate. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we only have a few years left. Didn't? Wasn't it AOC, by the way? Who predicted that, like, we only have, like, 12 years left? Oh, boy. Clock's ticking, according to her. And student loans. So she says, quote, I think we have to ask ourselves, what realistically are we accomplishing as a team and as a collective between our families? I think that the president has an extraordinary amount of options at his disposal that he has not yet exercised. And his ability to do that Oh, that's going to be critical. I will say right now, folks may think that these are kind of independent voters that are contributing to his polling and whatnot. But she says this. We're all here to call on Joe. Do the right do the right thing by the movement that elected him. Use his executive authority to cancel fifty thousand dollars in federal student loan debt. By the way, that was um. Ayanna Presley, again, part of the squad, though. Her and AOC and that whole bunch, they all, they all speak in the same exact tone. So not only now do you have average Americans not happy with Joe, Republicans obviously not happy with Joe, but now even the progressive base of the Democratic Party is turning on Joe. It's not good news, folks. We got a lot more to get to, though. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not 
a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Submissions are now open for Battle of the Bands. Email us your five original songs and a band statement to battle at wbny.org. Deadline for submission is Friday, April 15th, and the six finalists will be announced live on air Wednesday, April 20th. So compile your playlist and send your submissions to battle at wbny.org. Oh, yeah, folks. Oh, yeah. Thank you again for joining us. PJW, BNY, and as we like to call it, the well, we like to call it the best hour on the entire uh, radio station. We really do. But anyway, folks, so like I said, Joe Unity Biden now has real trouble on his hands. And, it, and it's not just reflective in polling. It's not just with conservatives. It's not just with them. You know, this is the guy, right, that talked about unity. Oh, baby. I mean, he's starting to find real unity now. He's starting to find unity with the American people saying, oh, no, Joe. And guess what, folks? It's not just liberal progressive Democrats. I think there's even some old Democrats sort of in that sort of wing of his party that are really struggling to find any sort of common ground with Joe. But you got conservatives as well, even now. And and, and this is what I find very odd. The mainstream media is even starting to turn on Joe a little bit. Now, this was on Propaganda News, CNN, over the weekend. Axios, Hans Nichols, is his name, was on Propaganda News, CNN. Listen to this. Everything the president just said that we just listened is true. It's also largely irrelevant. When inflation is where it's at, when you see gas prices going where it's at, we can talk about a jobs report here. We can talk about the latest PCE numbers of the CPI and all those former Bloomberg reporters can really get into the weeds, right? But there's one number that they can't really change right now, and that is what the placard says at the local gas station. Yeah. And that number is high, and that's a daily jobs report that voters, that Americans, consumers see every day, mm. and there's nothing the White mm. House can do about mm. it other than bring down the price of gasoline, which and, is tough. And, and, and maybe blame Putin. And he, th- this week the tagline was, the Putin price hikes or something to that effect? Look, this one I've got past gas stations that say, blame Putin more than they right. say, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I'll know the White House. Fi- the, well, I'll, know the White House I'll know the White House has been successful in messaging it. Uh, oh, hey, 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 watch it now, buddy. Watch it, big fella. You can't go on propaganda news, CNN, and say, let's go, Brandon, and expect to be invited back. Whoa, better calm your tone a little bit there, Hans. But anyway, if you go... I, I love it because you go to these, you go to any gas station at all, and you can literally see the stickers that are put there. The I did that. The Let's Go Brandon. I even <laughs> remember over Christmas. I think it was on Christmas Eve when Joe had that caller call in and said, "Let's go, Brandon." Yeah, all right, let's go, Brandon. It just shows you how how you know. I don't like to say it, but. Joe Biden might actually be, is it dumb? Is it stupid? Whatever it is that you want to call him. Obviously, I keep making the point, and and it's really not comical at this point, that Joe Biden cognitively is gone. Mentally, he's gone. Physically, he as weak as they come. I mean, the wind. The White House was blaming the wind. Because Joe fell up the stairs on Air Force One. Oh, I've made a prediction. And I think I made it last year. I think I made it when he fell, actually. I believe that Joe's going to fall again. I, I, I just, I kind of see it happening. I, listen, I, you know, I'm not rooting for Joe Unity Biden to fall onto the ground. I mean, he's still, you know, he's all of our president. But goodness gracious, the guy is just so weak. Here was Joe. Over here was Joe. In typical Joe Unity Biden fashion, over the weekend, keep in mind, when you hear this, Joe is talking about Dr. Oh, you got to say Dr. Jill Biden or the Democrats lose their mind. He's talking about Dr. Jill Biden. Listen very carefully to what Joe says about Dr. Jill Biden. And I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as first lady Mm -hmm. with 
Joining Forces initiative. She started with Michelle Obama when she was vice president and now carries on. What? Why? What? Wait, what? What did Joe just say when Jill Biden was vice president? The work that she carried on with oh, Michelle Obama. Oh, my. When, folks, please remind me a time when Jill Biden was vice president. And I, I, I could play a whole show about Joe and his gaffes and how just off he is. And, you, you know, you take a look at him and you, you just see that this guy no longer is there. I mean, he, he just he's got no idea what's going on anymore, folks. And that's why. And like I said, I think this is a, a phenomenal piece in the National Review by liberal Liberal, well, he's been liberal his whole life, will remain liberal, Rue Teixeira, who writes that the Democrats and the Democratic brand are in deep trouble. Now, that was that should have been obvious when the Democrats underperformed in the 2020 election. No, his words, not mine. They lost House seats and performed poorly in state legislative elections. Their support among non-white voters, especially Hispanics. Now, that, that there has been a lot of talk about the Democratic Party and their support with Hispanic voters. It's been, it's been raging for a long time. I think even Propaganda News, CNN wrote a piece about the Democrats losing Hispanic voters. That declined substantially. Now, he says this, Democrats, he goes as far as saying Democrats are in brutal, el brutal shape. Biden's approval rating is in the low 40s. His approval ratings on specific issues in the high 30s on the economy. Look, wait, who, who is approving of Joe Biden on the economy right now? Who in their right mind? Maybe it's guys like this, you know, lifelong Democrats. Like I say, the, the worst Democrat out there is the old Democrat because they still haven't gotten His approval ratings, high 30s on the economy, low 30s on hot button issues such as immigration and crime. And Joe, you know, as we talked about on Friday, here's Joe who says that, nope, Title 42, we got to do away with that, which was sending illegal aliens, not legal immigration. No, no, no. Illegal aliens back to their country because of COVID, because due to the COVID and the health issues and whatever you mean. Think what, say whatever you want about COVID, but guess what? That that policy was working, and again, it was a Donald Trump policy. So Joe Biden's got to make sure that that he can't have none of that anymore. Oh, 30s on hot button issues like crime as well. You know, when you have a, a certain political party who now again remember the Democratic Party have full control over the White House. They have control of the House. They have control of the Senate. They will always, they will always have control of the mainstream media. And yet, how is it that Joe can get nothing passed? Joe can get nothing done. How can you be a lame duck president when you have control of everything? Oh, well, it's, it's that awful, it's that Senator Joe Manchin from West, by God, Virginia. Yeah, is that what they're going to do? The Biden blame game continues. You know, here they are blaming Vladimir Putin for the hike in uh, gas prices, even though you can't blame Vladimir Putin when gas prices were, were already increasing because of this administration. And, hey, I keep asking the question, at what point are we going to say this might just be intentional? Maybe this is what they want. Actually, I have a perfect clip here to illustrate to you that when it comes to inflation and gas prices, the Democratic Party want this to happen, folks. Listen to the Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm. Help break our reliance on fossil fuels so that we don't have to do that again. They can shield American families from the boom and bust of these high gas prices, and they can certainly negate the ability of other countries to determine whether it's ours or other, co- other countries' citizens' paychecks being spent on fuel for vehicles. Folks, yet again, Jennifer Granholm is talking about electric vehicles. And, and the mayor, Pete Buttigieg, you know, he's got so much experience. Oh, he, do- he doesn't he do such a good job as transportation secretary? He said this over the weekend, quote, Until we achieve a form of Energy independence that is based on clean energy. Well, these price hikes, yep, stuff like this, this is going to continue. 
So I keep saying, when are we going to ask the question? Is this is this on purpose, Joe? Do you want Americans to pay higher prices for gas? And what about lower income Americans that the Democratic Party, I thought they loved them so much because they are getting absolutely hammered because of this administration, because of Bidenflation. And they always talk about Green New Deal and Green New Energy as if for some reason it's, it's, it's so much better than oil and gas because we're going to destroy a, an energy sector where here we are, the best in the world at energy and gas. Donald Trump had us energy independent. There were countries that we, we were net exporter of oil. Number one, numero uno. And Joe Biden comes along and says, yeah, no, ah, we can't. We can't do that. My radical, extreme, liberal, progressive base. No, we can't have any of that. More like I'm talking about part of this cultural left that Teixeira points out. He said he writes, Democrats have failed to develop a party brand capable of unifying a dominant majority of Americans behind their political project, breaks it down into three categories, culture, economics, and patriotism. He writes, the cultural left has managed to associate the Democratic Party with a series of views on crime, immigration, policing, free speech, and of course, of, oh, of course, with the Democratic Party, race and gender, that are far from those of the median voter. And again, hey, you cannot be successful in this country if you do not get the independent vote. No, you cannot. Now, he says that's a success for the cultural left, but an electoral liability for the Democratic Party. From time to time, Democrat politicians like Joe Unity Biden try to dissociate themselves from unpopular ideas such as defunding the police. But the cultural left, ooh, look out, within the party is still more deferred than opposed or ignored. Their voices are amplified by Democratic-leaning media and nonprofits, as well as party officials and activists. Let me give you a great point of that. Here is Eric Adams earlier today who was saying this is literally what the New York City mayor's office tweeted out on the Twitter box. New York City Mayor the Biden of Brooklyn announces a new digital billboard campaign in five Florida. Oh, Governor Ron DeSantis, how awful he is. In five Florida markets denouncing the hateful don't say gay law and inviting Floridians to move. To New York. Now, why would any sane person right now ever move from the free, the great state of Florida down to New York City and go see the Biden of Brooklyn where crime is absolutely rampant? You ever seen some of the videos in New York City? I mean, it's just it's totally gruesome. But Eric Adams, I think he is part of that progressive sort of. Le- this leftist socialist leaning part of the Democratic Party. Now, as Teixeira points out here, he says uh, Democratic leaning media nonprofits. Well, let me give you a beautiful example. There is an anchor, uh, <laughs> call her an anchor if you want, if you want to try and be nice to her. Tiffany Cross is her name. Over the weekend, now she hosts a show it's Sunday or Saturday, whatever. She's a weekend host. Who really cares? And she was on there with, I believe his name is Ellie, Eli, Eli Meistel, Mistel. It really doesn't matter. He's a gay, he looks like the nutty professor, and he's got this crazy flowing white hair. Either way, radical leftist, as, as you know. So what she did over the weekend was, listen, this is her exact quote. Ghetto President Donald Trump erased White House call logs like he's body. From the wire. And I'm like, like, ghetto President Trump. Have you ever heard of Donald Trump being referred to as ghetto before? Now, what she was talking about is uh, basically she said that Donald Trump erased entries from the White House call logs and made them disappear. 
because he's so ghetto that way. As they dismissed the seven-hour gap when no Trump calls went through the switchboard on January 6th, you know, the insurrection that took place at the Capitol. Although, last Thursday, propaganda news, CNN said that the call logs had not been altered at all and were, in fact, complete. But here she is saying, honestly, Eli, the ghetto president that they thought Obama would be is officially Donald Trump. This this is literally lies. She's literally peddling lies over on that channel, MSDNC, literally telling lies. The guy doesn't correct her at all. No one's going to fact check her. No one's going to correct none of it. This She says, quote, this dude is walking like he's body. From the wire with burner phones and erasing phone records. How are they able to do that? And who exactly would be the person to make these call logs disappear? Now, again, none of that was true, yet she falsely claims all of it. Will there be any repercussions? You bet that there won't be. Come on, folks. She's part of the cultural left, part of this radical socialist Democratic Party. Also had this on her show. I mean, this was a beauty as well. Tiffany Cross interviewed actress Yvette Nicole Brown and the Grio columnist Michael Harriet yesterday. Harriet claimed that the incident that occurred with Will Smith will, 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 will rock you. Ah, oh, how dare you talk about my wife, Will Smith. And then Chris Rock. I loved the headline last Friday, too, that, uh, Will Smith was uh, what is the Academy or whatever that he was resigning from the Academy and the list of people he heard is long. I don't think it's long. I think it's only Chris Rock, actually. But Harriet claimed that the Smith and Rock incident was an example of, quote, how black people relate to each other in a way that white people don't understand. Brown chimed in on the Twitter and said on Twitter, a lot of us were like, Y'all sit this out for your protection because when we need to have a conversation, we're going to have it. I mean, how about that? You know, these are the people that just talk about racism and, and how racism is still the biggest problem that's facing America. Even though, even throughout the entire world, right now, the present day that we live in, race, equality has never been any better. Literally right now. And I would argue the point that it's getting even better. But here's these people over on MSDNC. In really, truly black America, there's a commonality amongst us all. If we went to a white person's home and it was their family, we were sitting at the table and the mother hauled off and slapped the father and everybody at the table has an opinion. If I weigh in as the guest in this home and say, yeah, you guys are terrible, I'm sorry, when did you get an opinion? This is our family table. So see, if you're a white person, according to MSDNC, oh, you can't even comment on what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Y'all have to sit this one out. That's what MSDNC is saying. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. The only thing better than playing a hero in the movies is being a hero in real life. Like the 50,000 veterans who returned from Iraq and Afghanistan with devastating injuries. They are true heroes, and they're why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. For more than 60 years, Paralyzed Veterans of America has made a promise to never leave a fallen comrade behind. They make sure veterans with spinal cord injuries get the quality medical care, rehabilitation, and housing they need when they come home. They stay with our fallen heroes for the long term, offering counseling, job training, and support to help them regain the freedom and independence they fought so hard for, all at no cost to them. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. To learn more about how you can help, visit pva.org. That's pva.org. We will never leave a fallen comrade behind. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. To some people, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much. But that's not necessarily true. By six months, they're combining vowels and consonants. By nine months, they're trying out different kinds of sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on some meaning.
especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. All right, folks, welcome back. PJWBNY inside the conservative takeover. You know, if things were to get any worse for Joe Unity Biden, we might as well start calling him Kamala Harris. Oh, my goodness. How many I mean, how many staffers have left the Kamala Harris office? Oh, my. Listen to this earlier today. Deputy Chief of Staff Michael Fuchs quits. It first reported by Reuters. Um, his departure was announced in an internal memo. Vice President is grateful for Michael's tireless work, leadership, and the many miles he traveled domestically and internationally. As we lifted up families and strengthened relationships with allies abroad. This is the most important point. Fuchs's exit follows those of others, including Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh, Chief Spokesperson Simone Sanders, Deputy Director of Public Engagement and Inter Intergovernmental Affairs Vincent Evans, Director of Harris Press. Listen to the list: Peter Vells, Vice Presidential National Security Advisor Ambassador Nancy McL Downey, Director of Speech Writing Kate Childs Grant. I mean, oh my goodness, no one, nobody at all wants to work for Kamala Harris. Maybe it's because, I don't know, as some of her staffers has described her, she is a soul-destroying bully. Oh, boy. And you know you know what? Kamala Harris is very much part of this radical new socialism that has taken over the Democratic Party. Because I want to get back into this piece here by Teixeira. Now, he's talking about this, this cultural left, this sort of Democrat-leaning media, these new... Uh, New sort of you know the younger democratic politicians who you know believe in I mean they believe in this stuff they they want America to be a socialist country make no mistake about it folks she says that uh, these commitments that they make they make these commitments to social justice and those commitments are increasingly driven by identity politics he asks is America really a white supremacist society. What does structural racism mean? And does it explain all the socioeconomic problems of non-whites? Is anyone who raises questions about immigration levels a racist? Is constant specification of personal pronouns necessary and something the left should seek to popularize? Are trans women the same as biological women? Well, you'd have to go and ask a tanji. Brown Jackson, that, but she ain't going to be an, able to answer you. You know, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not a biologist. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. Before we um carry on with this piece, there was breaking news. I wanted to get into it too. Here it is, right here. So three Republicans vote with Democrats in preview of final Jackson confirmation. So remember. Susan Collins was already one of those Republican senators who says that she's going to uh, vote yes in confirming Katanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. Guess who are the other two? You bet it's not that hard to figure out. Mitt Rhino Romney, obviously. And of course, 
Lisa Murkowski. I'm kind of surprised Ben Sass isn't on that list as well. You know, these were Repul- I can't stand it. I really can't. I'm kind of surprised that Mitch McConnell isn't in there as well. Hey, we got more news on Katanji Brown-Jackson. How about this? This is in the Washington Free Beacon earlier today. Katanji Brown-Jackson, you know, the one who's so lenient on child sex offenders. Oh, on the topic of child sex offenders, um, Chris Rufio has this new Twitter thread out about Disney employees. You know, those Disney employees who are so against the don't say gay Florida bill. The Let me, let me re- rephrase that. The seven-page long, seven pages, that's literally how long it is. If you want to go read it, I encourage you to. Please be my guest. Make up your own mind for it. Don't just listen to some headlines like Disney decided to do and say, oh, this is unacceptable. We're totally against this. Wait, I tell you what some Disney employees have been up to. It's utterly disgusting. It really is. But anyway, so Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson said in the early days of the pan-slash-plandemic, it would be responsible to release each and every person in the District of Columbia's jails. And she went on to grant COVID-related releases to defendants and inmates implicated in serious crimes. Well, now that COVID's floating around, doesn't matter if you did a crime or not. No, just get them out. Judge Jackson made a passionate appeal on behalf of inmates in Washington, D.C. jails and said pan slash pandemic conditions could justify releasing them. It's just, just unbelievable. This woman gets more and more radical you know, the closer we get to our confirmation. And, you know, the Senate Judiciary Committee, I think, what was it, like 11 to 11 or something? They didn't want to move the nomination forward. Or It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it, it all doesn't matter, folks. We know that she's heading to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. And listen, as far as conservatives go, you know, do I want her on the Supreme Court? No. Do I think she's incredibly radical? You bet I do. We've highlighted it on this program for weeks now. But, it, you know, she's going to replace Stephen Breyer on the court. Breyer, whatever it is that you want to call him, it doesn't matter anymore. He's retiring anyway. She's just, she's just literally taking his place. I mean, he was a radical, liberal, partisan justice. That's exactly what she's going to be, although I think she, you know, she, she might even be a little more radical than um, Breyer, and that's really saying something. Anyway, so I'll get to Rufio uh, in a second here. Anyway, though, so Teixeira says, are those who ask the question— Simply haters who should be expelled from the left coalition asking the question about biological women. Are they the same as trans women? He says this list could go on. Politically predetermined answers to the questions are simply to be embraced by Democratic progressives in the interest of social justice. says the Democrats have paid a considerable price for their militant identity politics, which lends the impression that the party is distracted by or even more focused on issues of little relevance to most voters' lives. Wow. Bingo. I think, folks, you've been hearing that from somewhere a lot often. I don't tell you if it's this program or not. But on the topic of that, and on the topic of trans women versus biological women and anyone asking those questions, well, they they just, oh, my goodness, they're so xenophobic and sexist and and anything else that you want to throw at conservatives. Again, this is over a seven-page bill that even Floridian Democrats, 52% of them, support. Remember this last week? from the Biden administration and Transgender Visibility Day, which, again, I really don't know what that means, by the way. Do you just have to see a person and say, hey, are you transgender? You know, I, I want to visibly see you. Is that Well, remember they had this chart? I, I think it's worth going over, again, where they were talking about gender-affirming surgeries where you can have top surgery to create male typical chest shape or enhanced breasts. I mean, I saw this one video. It was awfully disgusting. Uh, This, I guess, a woman who had her breasts completely cut off to become a man. Like, oh, my goodness gracious, you know. And then you can have bottom surgery, surgery on genitals or reproductive organs. Now you've got to be careful, though. Because that is not reversible. That's according to the White House. Peter Ducey on Fox News, who is the only reporter who's probably ever going to hold the White House accountable in Jen 
I'm going to MSDNC and I'm going to be on the air nowadays and now no one can question me for my lies. Jen Saki, Jen Circleback Saki, call her whatever you want. I'm kind of glad that she's finally leaving. The White House don't have to see her every single day. Uh, but she, uh, Peter Ducey asked her earlier today a phenomenal question. You know what? I don't even want to ruin it for you. Just listen. This is Peter Ducey asking Jen Saki earlier today. At what age does the White House think that students oh, should be yeah. about sexual orientation and gender identity? Answer that one, Jen. I would say, uh, first of all, Peter, um, we have spoken to uh, the Don't Say Gay Bill in the past, I believe is what you're referring to, and made clear that uh, as we look at this, uh, this, uh, this law, uh, what we think it's a reflection of is politicians in Florida propagating misinformed, hateful policies oh that do n- absolutely nothing to address uh, the real issues. Uh, the Department of Education is well positioned to the real evaluate um, what to do next, and uh, when and its implementation whether its Justice. implementation violates federal civil rights law. Uh, but I would note that parents across the country uh, are looking to. Um, you know, uh, national, state, and district leaders to uh, support our nation's students, to ensure that uh, kids are treated equally in schools, and that is certainly not, this is not a reflection of that. Oh, my God, that that kids are not treated equally in school. No, the only thing that this bill addresses is children in grades kindergarten through third grade aren't being taught this kind of nonsense aren't being taught about transgenderism and sexual when they should and is it, it should the teachers be the ones that are telling their children about this kind of stuff? I want to know why the teachers are so outraged that they can't talk to children about transgenderism and their genitals. It's disgusting. And on top of that, uh, uh, the majority of Americans support that. Even Floridian Democrats support the parental rights in education bill. Doesn't say the word gay once in the entire thing. It's seven pages long. And here's Jen Psaki. They're, oh, they're, they're propagating their own, their own stuff. They're, this is nonsense. The Department, the Department of Justice is looking into it. You know what? And one of the one oh, and here's Disney, right? Disney comes out and says it's so bad. The Disney corporate president, I think is her name, says as a mother of a transgender child and a pansexual child, right? That same Disney, Chris Rufio, has up on the Twitter box for you, folks. How about this? He right now, Chris Rufio is a um Critical race theory is his real big thing. Like, he he has been fighting critical race theory for a very long time, does a phenomenal job. Listen to this, right? Listen to this. He writes, this was last night. Disney has presented itself as the moral voice for children, but the company has a dark side. A shocking number of Disney's employees have been arrested for child sex crimes. He says, I'll be highlighting some of the child predators of Walt Disney. Here's one. Disney employee Robert King Solver arrested for soliciting sex from undercover agents posing as a 14-year-old girl. Quote, I work for Disney, so I love to see dads having fun with their daughters, he said. I really enjoy giving oral. That's a Disney employee. Disney concierge Alan Trester was arrested for soliciting sex from undercover agents posing as a 14-year-old boy, admitted to chatting about performing oral sex on a boy. Another Disney employee, Disney employee Paul Fazio, arrested for 50 counts of possession of child pornography, including multiple scenes of nude prepubescent children engaging in sexual activity with adults. Another Disney employee. Disney character actor Patrick Holgerson arrested for soliciting sex from undercover agents posing as a 13-year-old boy. Quote, I work with kids, he told the police. I love kids. 
Not in a bad way. I just have a strong connection with kids. That's another Disney employee. How about Disney World employees Justin Hazan and Arlandris Sims arrested and charged with a total of 40 counts of child pornography depicting victims as young as four to five years old. All Disney employees. All Disney employees. This is the a Disney who employs these people and are up. They're so up in arms. They're so outraged about this parental rights and education bill protecting children in Florida in kindergarten to third grade. Disney Cruise employee Oliver Lovett arrested for molesting a 10-year-old boy on the ship's Oceaneer Kids Lab. Charges were later dropped when the boy's parents did not want him to testify in court. Disney cruise ship employee Milton Braganza caught on camera molesting an 11-year-old girl. But Disney authorities allegedly told security to, quote, keep your mouth shut, allowing the man to evade arrest. These, that, that's the Disney company that employs all these people and is so outraged by Florida's bill. How dare the governor of Florida and Republicans in Florida protect children in the classroom? It's just sick, folks. It is sick and it is downright disgusting. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I got to tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. Submissions are now open for Battle of the Bands. Email us your five original songs and a band statement to battle at wbny.org. Deadline for submission is Friday, April 15th, and the six finalists will be announced live on air Wednesday, April 20th. So compile your playlist and send your submissions to battle at wbny.org. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. The only thing better than playing a hero in the movies is being a hero in real life. Like the 50,000 veterans who returned from Iraq and Afghanistan with devastating injuries. They are true heroes, and they're why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. They make sure veterans with spinal cord injuries get the care and support they need at no cost to them. To learn more, visit pva.org. That's pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. All right, folks. All right. PJWBNY, thank you, as always, for joining us in the conservative takeover hour. I just wanted to finish up on this piece, actually, um, by Rue Teixeira, with the final category that he lays out. And he talks about, and it's kind of ironic that he talks about the Democratic Party and patriotism. If you ask me, especially with their stance, 
on this floor on this floor parental rights and education bill and saying you know, that it's harmful to children. What it, it's not that's the thing. It's protecting children. I mean it's just if you know. Anyway, so he writes Today's Democrats have difficulty embracing patriotism and weaving it into their political brand. Yeah, you better believe they do. Why? Because they hate the country. You have to remember that with the Democratic Party. They hate this country. Bill Clinton once said, there's nothing wrong with America. That cannot be cared by what is right with America. He said, Barack Hussein Obama says, there is anyone out there who still doubts that America the place where all things are possible, who still wonders if the dream of our founders is alive in our time, who still questions the power of our democracy. Tonight is your answer. I mean, the Democrats have, oh, they, they, they are so patriotic, right, when they win elections. Progressive activists today, though, their attitude toward their own country departed, though, not just from that of average Americans, but from that of average non-white Americans, black Hispanic and Asian Americans were highly likely, this was a poll that was out there, they were highly likely to be proud to be Americans and highly likely to say they would still choose to live in America if they could choose to live anywhere in the world. You know, that's the funny thing about Democrats, too. They talk about how systemically racist and unfair America is, right? But then they never leave. They never leave to go to places that they love so much, right? Progressive activists were loath to express such sentiments. This is a problem. He sees Teixeira sees it's a problem. He says one of the only effective ways to mobilize Americans behind big projects is to appeal to patriotism. Now he says, given all that Democrats hope to accomplish, ah, what have they accomplished? That's what I say. What has been passed? A bipartisan infrastructure bill? Besides that, nothing. Again, Joe Biden is a lame duck president when he has control of the House and the Senate and the White House. It's astonishing. It says, given all they want to accomplish, it makes no sense not to appeal to Americans' patriotism and love of the country. That, too, has to be part of Democrats' rebranding. They must insist that their party is a patriotic party. Ah, the Democrats a patriotic party? <laughs> As if. And they should not shrink from emphasizing the competitive aspect of patriotism. America is indeed in competition with other nations, notably China. And it is not xenophobic to say that America is a great nation that can win that competition. A Democratic Party that does not rebrand in these crucial areas dooms American politics to continued stalemate and polarization, an unpleasant prospect. Well, you're going to have this anyway. Because I'll come out and say it right now. I don't want to work together with liberals and Democrats. I really don't. I want Republicans to get control of the House and the Senate and hopefully the White House in 2024 and push their agenda. I don't want to work with Democrats. I don't want to work with liberals. Why would I? Why would any of us, given how they've treated this country over the last years, Forget about it. Why would we ever do something like that? He says, uh, conversely, given the serious problems, listen to this, and weaknesses of Republicans, a Democratic Party that occupies the cultural center ground, promotes an abundance agenda, and is unabashedly patriotic, has a real shot at long, at a long future of political success. You know what I say to him? You know what I say to Rutex? First of all, it's a great piece. It really is. But that Democratic Party is gone. Any Democrat, there's no patriotism in the Democratic Party anymore. And we have a chance, folks. We have a chance to make this country patriotic again. I think it has been clearly demonstrated now, though, that the Democrats, they could care less about this country. They could care less about real problems facing America. All they care about is their woke, so-called progressive, leftist, socialist base. That's who they appeal to. That's who they care about. They don't care about this country or regular everyday Americans, folks. And I really hope that we just defeat that party in November. I really, truly do. Folks, we have entered the 749th day of slowing the spread. We now have 
1,021 days left of the Joe Unity Biden administration left for all of us to endure. Thank you, as always, for listening to the program, folks. Always, always remember, it is a great day to be an American. Back here tomorrow, folks. Have a great night.